You're listening to the Ranger Things Podcast. This is a New York Rangers podcast recorded by New York Rangers fans and New York Rangers friends. I'm Carlo <laughs> Montanino. I'm joined by Brendan Lyons. Hey, everybody. I'm Brendan Lyons. And uh, we've and, got a, a third buddy. His name is Dave Pacheco, who's not with us on our very yet. first episode, because that's what great podcasting looks like, folks. We're just... Flying by the seat of our pants, yeah. much like the Rangers, I guess, at this point. But we'll get into that later. Uh, if you're a first-time listener, you probably are. It's our first episode. We're lifelong Ranger friend, fans, lifelong friends, and we love talking about hockey. So we decided to just chat about it and record it and share it with you all. Yeah, we thought we had but, some time, right? It's the off-season. We thought it was going to be a boring off-season. We'll get around to it. Then... <laughs> Everything happened today. On it's July first. It's a uh, free agency day, so we've got new coaches. We've uh, got new, a new staff. We've got new free agents. Uh, we've we got have an draft entire picks. new bottom six. Yeah, uh, I can tell on. you uh, when we decided to record a podcast today. I did not think we'd have like almost two hours worth of stuff to talk about. Oh, but we do, and you will hear it. But I'm yeah, for- but sorry. Yeah. You don't have to hear but, uh, it. You can turn it off. <laughs> but yeah, that being said, I guess let's uh, let's jump in. Let's get to it. Let's get right into it. In a, in an off season that I thought was going to be maybe like the most uneventful off season since the letter, uh, a lot's gone gone down since the Devils ousted us from the postseason. Embarrassingly, <laughs> yes. well, there's I mean, been a I lot think- of drama. I think it's. I think there's a lot going on. I think it's all very interesting stuff happening. Like it's not just run of the mill. Hey, we have to rebuild because we're not rebuilding. We're not even rebuilding on the fly. We're barely retooling. It's fitting everything we can do positively in a really tight cap crunch, and with a new coaching staff. Um, so, uh, I, and I think we'll get into it. But I, I have a pretty positive opinion about it. But let's get into the coaching, Brendan. I was going to say, I agree. I, I feel really positive about it. I think a lot's happened. I think uh, from like like viewing it with the naked eye or a novice eye, it looks like maybe there haven't been a lot of changes uh, because you know the roster kind of is what it is. But uh, if you take a step back and look at it from sort of like the 50,000-foot view, like the, the critical differences between the coaching staffs and the type of free agents we brought in and just like – Drury's approach to the draft like a lot of the things we're about to talk about like we are looking at a fundamentally different organization than we were three seasons ago absolutely I'll, I'll say it's different than last season and I, I think we have a different composure I think we have a more clear idea of the team we want to be mm-hmm. um but yeah so and that starts that starts from the coaching so Brendan I know it was unsexy I know it was dragged out. Yeah. <laughs> I know it was probably a boring hire, but what do, what do you think about Peter Laviolette? 
Uh, well, I think I'd start by saying I understand why I go on Twitter and Facebook and, you know, anywhere anyone is talking about the Rangers and Ranger fans are just furious with the Lavulette mm-hmm. hire. It's boring. It's it's not sexy. But the man wins games. It's it's undeniable. The guy is a proven winner. He's the what eighth eighth all time in his career and like the yeah. winningest American coach in right. hockey history. The man wins hockey games. And more importantly than just being a winner, whether he's a retread or a new hire. You know, a, a brand new coach, I should say. It's his philosophy that I'm interested in. It, 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 right. That I'm interested in. It's the type of hockey team he puts on the ice. The type of hockey he he gets his players to play. Right. It's just drastically different because you know we've seen a couple of different types of coaches in New York over the last few years. Right. We saw David Quinn, who is micromanager. Uh, you know, wanted to have a unique relationship with every one of his players, and that didn't work. And then they went the complete opposite direction with Gallant, and Gallant was completely hands off. His whole message was, "You, you know, your pros, you figure it out," and that doesn't work either. Right. Uh, let's not either of those things. You know, Lavulette brings a lot of passion to the room. He's a personality in the room, like David Quinn was, but without take away the micromanaging and replace it with like heavy accountability. Right. Yeah. And he's, and more importantly, he's in the room. You know, I think about a game last season. I think it was the Edmonton game last season, the one in the garden. Cause you remember, no, I think it was the one in Edmonton. Remember we played Edmonton in the garden and we went up on the big, and then they came back on us and they, you know, we were up like four nothing. They came back and when they scored the fifth goal, Dry like smacked the stick out of Trooper's hands. Remember that game? Right. Yes. I don't I remember do. I don't remember if it was in the garden or in Edmonton, but the next time we played Edmonton, they went up on us three or four nothing early. Super, yes. super early. And the rumor has it is that like in a rare event, Gerard Gallant walked into the locker room between periods and just screamed, we're not losing this fucking game and walked out and the team responded. Yeah, Like these guys want to be coached. They want to be engaged by their coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And I think that's ultimately what got Gallant fired and what made – look, obviously, Drury said he was going to take his time and he took his time. He talked to – Lavulette first, and then he talked to him last. He interviewed eight candidates, I think, eight to 12 candidates, I think, in total, and none of them beat out Lavulette. I get it. It's boring, but Lavulette's the guy. He's got to be the guy. He's got to be the guy. Yeah. And, you know, I I agree with everything he said. And, you know, what I like about Lavulette and what I also don't like about Lavulette, hear me out, We've seen this guy for decades. He's coached every other team in the Metro other than the, the Devils, I think. We've the, Devils, I think the Devils and the Penguins are the only two teams in the right. Metro he hasn't coached at this point. Maybe Columbus. And we know the teams he puts on the ice, and we hate the teams he puts on the ice. You know why? Because they're fucking good, and they go through walls for him. 
Right. right. So that's a great thing for us, right? Yeah, think that's about, great for us now. Think, right. Think about the the only period of time, like in, in our time as Ranger fans, like we've been fans since the early 90s, right? Yeah. Think about the only time in our era of watching hockey, we truly hated the Washington Capitals. Right. It was one of the last Capitals. Right. It was capitals. Think about, yeah. Think about the only time we have truly hated the Flyers, when the Flyers weren't just irrelevant for, like, we didn't grow up in the 70s and 80s. Like, we didn't see the Flyers right. in the 70s and 80s. The Flyers right. were, were garbage when we were little kids. You know, right. the only time we even thought about the Flyers is when it was... Labs Flyers. Was yeah. yeah. You know? Um, I think, I don't really remember his Islanders. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't either, but I mean, that was a that was a raw deal, and he, he was still pretty early in his coaching career. Um, it was his first I, job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the thing is, I, I stand by this. I think that, well, there's, there's two sides to this coin, right? Drury has a plan, and it's basically Mighty Ducks 2, Team USA, <laughs> all the way, right? Um, but aside from that, right? We're going to do a full breakdown on the Rangers Mighty Ducks 2 comparisons and the Patreon <laughs> when we have a Patreon. When we have a Patreon. So so yeah. hold on, hang tight for that. Um, but I think, you know, Laviolette was the best Drury could get. You know, would he have taken a Sullivan? Probably. Would he have taken a Sheldon Keith? Uh, probably, maybe. Um, but Labs was the best he can get. And I think that Labs. Andrew are now making them. They're doing a great job, as we'll talk about later. They're doing a great job of making the best of this. They say this yeah. is this is who we have. Here's our coaching staff. Here's our draft picks. Here's our free agency. They have a clear vision of the team they want to be, and I think I yeah. have not seen this since Sports was in his second or third year, right? Like we yeah. here's an identity for the team, and Lads is doing it. Out of the gate, which I fucking love. So that's that's the thing, right? The thing about this hire that I the thing that I said to myself when they first hired Laviolette is, eh, like everyone else did. I wasn't like super right. angry about it, and you know, throw the remote against the wall. Yeah. But like one of my first reactions was, "What is the staff going to look like?" Right. That's and the important part. I, yeah. Yeah. As I saw the staff start to fill out. And as I did more homework on LaViolette, it became more and more evident to me that you don't win as much as this man's won being rigid. Right. LaViolette, unlike some other coaches, yeah, he's a retread. Yeah, he's been around a while, but he's been around a while winning. And you don't do that without being flexible and and without constantly putting people around you that are going to push the envelope and push your team in a direction that is most progressive you know keeping up with the way the game changes mm-hmm. you know a perfect example of a guy who's been around a while and refuses to change his ways no matter what is Gerard Gallant right right and he's he's had some success but not enough to really push him over the finish line now Lavulette hasn't won a cup since 06, but you know, he took Nashville there. He took a broken down Nashville there. Yes. And a you young know, Nashville, and he a built young Nashville. Up really young players to be 
superstars. Roman Yossi. Yeah. Peter Forsberg. Like, uh, fourth yeah. Player. Like, he built young players into superstars. Yeah, and that's Not why just I don't good understand players, this superstars. Whole, yeah. That's why I don't understand this whole, like, Laviolette's going to bury the kids narrative. When you look at his history, no like, I get I get what happened in, in, in Washington. And that's our most recent, like, it's the most recent stop in his resume. But right. Washington had a very different mission statement while he was there. Yes. You know, Washington's one of the older teams in the league. It's all about... Milk the guys. Milk them. Yeah. Get them out. It's Let's all, not yeah. embarrass ourselves. What do we have to put around Ovechkin to get him? He's he's record chasing at this stage of his career. Like that's their mission statement. They know they're not going to win a cup right. there. Um, but you look at that Nashville team. What you just brought up is an excellent point. And then if you go back before that, you know, I was watching some episodes of Remember um, uh, Rangers Flyers twenty four seven the road yes. to the Winter Classic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so you can watch a couple of those episodes. I haven't seen it in years. It was so wild watching it. Uh, watching those episodes. You can watch a couple of them on YouTube. And I was looking at that Flyers team, and it's like a baby face Wayne Simmons, a baby yeah. face Claude Giroux. Sean Couturier was 18 years old on that team. And these guys were playing critical roles on yeah. that Flyer team. And that they had their veterans, you know, but, but he these built young those superstars. Guys, he built yeah, he right. He built Claude Drew. He built Sean Couturier. Yeah. He built Wayne Simmons. You know, and there's no reason why he he knows how to do it. And more importantly, he knows he's been around long enough to know that he needs to work. He's got to adapt. He needs to work with Drury hand in hand because mm-hmm. that's what successful teams do now. That's the model. Yeah. Now. And you have to put in a diverse coaching staff yes. around him. You know, and I think you look at the staff that they put in and Drury. I mean, this is like, if you want to grade the Laviolette higher, I give it a C, a, mm-hmm. a solid C. Sure. Right. But then if you want to grade the staff higher, Phil Housley, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Phil Housley is without question one of the greatest American defensemen to ever play the game. Yeah. Right. He's, you know, and, uh, he is known for his ability to work with young talent. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, you think about what a what having a coach like that could do for a guy who's already a world above everybody else in Adam Fox. Right. right. You know, maybe this is the guy that turns Adam Fox into Brian Leach. You know well, what I like about Housley too is he worked with the forwards in Nashville with Laviolette. Yeah, he was you know, he was the he was an offensive coordinator. Yeah, so, and here's what's even like crazier. You know, there's a rumor that like the there's a rumor that the the first domino to fall that eventually crumbled the relationship between Buffalo and Eichel was, was them Housley. firing Housley because he I heard was that yeah Bill Housley. So this guy has got a track record with working with young with young stars. Uh, I think probably he is the offensive coordinator here as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I can't see him not at least influencing the defense here. So you he's know? the associate coach, right? Yeah. So he's the guy in the room. He's the guy running the drills. He's the guy mm-hmm. really 
setting the the tone for the team. He's he's touching everything. He's touching. He's everything. touching. He's on everything. Yes. So yeah. which is great because he's on offense. He's on defense. He's talking to the kids every day. He's talking to everybody. This is. I couldn't agree with you more. He's a great hire. You and this is going to be a theme all cast. Team USA pedigree. Phil Housley. Phil Housley. Team USA. He, yeah. He played with Drury on Team USA. Yeah, okay. Love it. Love it. And that that oh. theme continue. The North American, specifically American theme, will continue throughout the entire podcast. The whole because episode. Yes. We are we are carving ourselves out in the like the, our identity in the original six is becoming we are the we are the we are the big North American team. Yeah, which um, I love because you know why North America has more diverse talent than Canada, not better. More than well, Canada is North. Canada is North. Canada is North America. I think that's the American America. The United States States of America has more diverse talent than Canada. Yeah. Right. And we sprinkle in our Europeans as needed. Yeah, and I think we can continue to talk about this, but you know, when I look at his coaching hires, when I when I think about this North American theme, you know, there's a sprinkle of what everyone else in the league is doing right now. You know, this is a stupid league run by stupid people. Yeah. And, you know, everybody watched this year's playoffs and was like, where are we going to get our Matt Kachuk? You know, and I think Drury's doing, like, Drury understands the assignment. He understands Matt Kachuk is great. Mm-hmm. You know, but Matt Kachuk can't be the model for every team, you know, right. you, Matt Kachuk isn't a guy you just get. He's not a role player. Right. Matt Kachuk is a top 10 pick. You yeah. know, Matt Kachuk's a superstar, you know, not every team could just find a Sidney Crosby. Not every team could just find an Alex Ovechkin, right. you know, that's the type of influence Matt Kachuk has on the team. So you can't make that the model. What you can make the model is aggressive hockey. Which Lavalette falls right into what he does. Hockey with a purpose, you can make the model. And and that's That's his signature. Hard forward checking, aggressive offense. You know, it's, it's, and he said it in the press conference playoff hockey from the outset, right? You're preparing your team because we know we're making the playoffs. Like if you look at the Metro now, we're making the playoffs. Yeah, Prepare mark your, your team to play it's, it's in the playoffs. Ra- yeah, yeah, it's Rangers Devils first round this May. Mark your calendar. Yeah, yeah. You know? so, I mean, we have Shostakin. We're guaranteed playoffs for the next six years. Right. Right. So unless something goes just have- unless something goes drastically wrong here, we're we're in right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really just like getting your team because that, that's what we didn't have this past season. We were not ready to play playoff hockey. No, we coasted into the playoffs. If you remember the end of the season, it was okay. We were not yeah. ready to play. We did not have the we did not have the urgency. We did not have the physicality. Laviolette, that's his whole game. Is the urgency? Is the is the physicality from so, the game? And it never ever stops. It never ever stops. You know, so I don't want to be Phil cliche. Yeah, love, we, we love Phil Housley. I was going to say I don't want to be cliche, but you know, going back to that. Uh, 24 seven episode mm. where, you know, there was one of those episodes where he goes into the, they were losing like a weeknight game. Um, and it was, I think it was on a back to back too. It was just a regular season. Like it wasn't even new year's yet because it was the road to the winter classic. 
Right. You know, so just a meaningless weeknight game. I think it was a back-to-back, and he walked into the locker room and told the team, like, I want you to go out there and rip your hearts out this period. Yeah. You know, like, you'll you'll get your first shift. You have to earn your second. Like, he – it's it's not a meritocracy. Everyone gets a shot. Everyone will get an opportunity. Yeah. But if you want to hold on to it, you better You have work. to work. Right. But here's what I love about him compared to, let's say, Galan, is anyone could say work. But Laviolette is saying, you better go to work, but I'm going to show you how to work. I'm going to show you how to work. And that's the difference. That's what makes him the coach that he is. And you know what? My favorite coach, Marine's coach of all time, is Torts. I'm not ashamed to say it. Hands down. And this is what Torts did. Torts had a different roster, not as talented of a roster, but kind of like a hard on your sleeve, lunch pail mm. team, more of a lunch pail team than we have mm. now. Labs is Torts would destroy this team. Torts would run this team into the ground. We would not even probably make the playoffs. Labs has that touch. He knows mm. how to work with these people. He's proven it. So I'm really happy about that. They're so similar, but it's just that one. Tweak that makes Labulette the right team guy, yeah. now, and the Labs is the mm-hmm. best guy. It's I not the best guy, maybe he is, but the best, best guy we could get for sure. Best, best available. available for sure. And you know what? Again, in the, but it's also the staff that inspires confidence, right? Housley, Dan Muse, assistant coach. Oh, this I guy, this guy gives I'm me a hard on. I'm in love with Dan Muse, Carlo. I so that so again. Team USA, right? The yeah. the the program. He works with young guys. When we yeah. get to the connections, draft, this, connections to current players, connections to our draft picks. Yeah, two. We drafted two players that he's coached. Yeah, we he's coached multiple players on our team currently. This guy, mm-hmm. and he has a lot to, a lot of great things to say about these players, and I'm sure they mm-hmm. they go both ways, right? Damn you is. Very, very, very inspiring hire. I like the way he thinks hockey team USA has been on the rise since Dan News has been a coach there. Yep. And now we're just going to bring it to the Rangers. And again, this is about development. This is about bringing the young kids in, getting them on the right track. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, like, I- the kid line is great. We have to develop them. Heedle is on the right path. Taco, I think, is probably top of the pack there. Laugh needs a fire under his ass. He's a little bit lazy. I think Muse can get this out of, can activate yeah. Lafreniere. Yeah. I think Lafreniere, I mean, I think Lafreniere is getting complacent. I think he's getting, yes. I think what's happening with Lafreniere is he's getting fed up with trying to be a player that he knows he's not ever going to be. He's never going to yeah. be a grind a guy in the bottom six and he's just fed right. up. I think, I think he's fed up. I, I, that's where I think Kako, Kako is more patient and he's given it, he's given it more time. So yeah, credit Kako for that. I don't, I guess you could blame Lafreniere for that, but I don't necessarily put all the blame on Lafreniere. Here's what I love about Dan Hughes, because it's not just the kids that need a guy like Dan Hughes. Uh, Zabanajan needs a guy like Dan Hughes. Chris Kreider needs yeah. a guy like Dan The whole team needs a guy like Dan Hughes. My favorite X Ranger, Ranger personality, just 
person surrounding the New York Rangers is Steve Ellicott. Yeah. Right. Steve Ellicott to me is the model for what hockey should look like moving forward. Mm-hmm. I like I would have loved it if Steve Ellicott got hired as an assistant coach here. Yeah. But I feel like we got something that wasn't necessarily the next best thing, but something that's a little bit better than Steve Valiquet becoming the coach. Someone more affordable. And it's well it's some well, no, it's someone who has coaching experience, who's yeah. got a little bit of pedigree, which Valiquet does not, and was an early adapter of Clearside Analytics. Yeah. So he thinks yeah. like Val. He works with Valiquet. He thinks like Valiquet. And that makes me excited. Yeah. And do you remember uh, LaViolette Nashville team when they had that crazy, crazy penalty kill there where you could just, you know, you could just not, you could not score on them. They could take penalty after penalty after penalty. That was Dan Muse. Dan Muse shows players, young and veteran, how to work, how to work with the puck, how to work away from the puck. There's a lot of hockey fans who think that you are either born a uh, mm-hmm. Brady Kachuk or you're born an Artemi Panarin. Right. Right? And it's all – it's none of that. <laughs> we both played hockey growing up. Mm-hmm. We both grew up with a lot of people who played hockey. Some of them went on to play higher levels of hockey. Players like Austin Matthews are special. You ha- You still have to teach those players – how to grind, how to Brady yeah. Kachuk. Exactly. That is a learned skill. Forecheck, aggression. These are not things that you're born with, like right. hockey IQ. Skating is a learned skill. Forecheck is a learned skill. I, I will say on the other side of that, players who are, there are players who are born with the aggression, the forecheck, the aggression, the hard nose play, but they suck because they don't have a hockey IQ. Yeah, they'll right. beat you to the corner. Yeah, they'll they'll figure out to throw it into the front of the net. They'll throw a nice check every once in a while, but they are they they lack the discipline and they lack the ability to think the game outside of hit body first, puck, mm-hmm. dump the puck, right? So these Brady yeah. Chuck players, like you're saying, yeah, it's trained. You have to have a little bit of innate skill. But most of it, like you're saying, is taught. You can't you can't have all of it just given to you, right? And you know this is why this is what makes the Kachuk brothers, Matt Kachuk, specifically so special. Matt Kachuk is a great hockey player, full mm-hmm. stop. Matt Kachuk is a smart hockey player. Yeah, he's got a high IQ. Matt Kachuk is a great skater. But what makes what sets Matt Kachuk apart? is Matt Kachuk has a goon of a dad who taught him and his brother what it was going to take to be successful in this league before they even got here. These are things that they were learning before they even got here. And that's why Matt Kachuk is a fucking beast. So I guess my point is these are learned skills. Yes. The the young guys could learn them. The veterans could learn them. Chris Mm -hmm. Kreider... Ken Jam. Oh, yeah. Mika Zibanejad. We've seen Panarin play with Jam. You know, we've seen Panarin be a dog on the puck and play with Jam. We've seen it. We saw it under David Quinn. You saw it in Columbus under Tortorello. Oh, yeah. You know, it's when he's left to his own devices, his own devices, where he starts playing the sort of sail into the zone. East, west. 
Dipsy East West Coast, yeah, Coast passes into areas. Panarin has other levels. Yeah. Uh, and I think anyone who's like Panarin is trash, the worst signing ever, is being <laughs> short sided, right? The guy yeah. scores hundred points a season. We're not we're not the team you see on the ice. We don't get to the playoffs without Artemi Panarin. Right, exactly. For him to not score in the playoffs. We don't I mean, even get I, there. I, I'll say Panera's probably the best signing we've had since Yager, hands down. Talent yeah, skill would... wise, talent wise. I just think Quinn did the right thing by he Quinn let him do what he had to do, put him in a structure, do this and play your game within those par- that paradigm. And Panera was lights out. Mm-hmm. The lock comes in. Yeah. Oh yeah, Panarin. Oh, you're you're a genius. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Like exactly. Yeah, you're a grown up. And he and he he can't do, like he could do it. Like he's obviously head and shoulders above most of the NHL. But you need a guy like Strom, or you need someone to like sit there and like hold hands hold his hand to get him in the right areas to do it. Well, the problem is is that you know Panarin in a system like Gallant like most people in a system like Gallant's is fine in the regular season when people are just passing through, when when we're just another stop on everybody's schedule. But when a team has all week to think about Artemi Panarin and nobody but Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad. So easy to figure you out know? if they're just left to their they, own devices. <laughs> right. If they're left to their own devices, if they've got no guidance, they're easy to figure out. So I want to talk right, so- briefly about the last guy on the staff. <laughs> Yeah, we got to get there. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the reason you know everybody knows why he why we're talking about Mike Pekka last. People were so mad that Mike Pekka got hired. Really? I just don't clap. They were so, he's an Islander, bro. Yes, we <laughs> get it. He's an he was an Islander twenty years ago. Got it. <laughs> yeah, he was also a Buffalo uh, Saber, probably one of the better Buffalo Sabers yeah. in recent memory. I saw some guy tweeted something like, oh, you know, these young fans today, they don't appreciate the rivalry. I did my homework on this guy, and I'm like 10 years older than him. And I don't give a <laughs> shit about my Pekka <laughs> being on the coaching staff. Yeah. You know? Like, I actually watched Mike Pekka play for the Islanders, and I don't right. care that Mike Pekka's on the coaching staff. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Mike Pekka is, uh, again, this is a, a, an inspiring hire. He's young. He's progressive in the way mm-hmm. he coaches. Um, he is all about talent development. Like he is all about the development of young hockey. He is a guru when it comes to development, and yeah. he's a he's a face off specialist. Like this guy could take Mika Zibanejad's game to a whole new level because if Mika Zibanejad yeah. just gets marginally better on the dot. That moves him from like the top twenty conversation to the top ten. Top ten. I mean, and, I, 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 so I've he, always liked Michael Pekka. I, I've never disliked him. even on the Islanders. I love his game. It's a hard nosed game, but it's not an asshole game. He just plays the right way. And you know what? He's not gonna. He's he rarely lit up the score sheet. He rarely made a big splash. But when he did, it was felt. But he was. You know, to bring it back to the Rangers and, you know, my favorite era, the tour era, he's like a Callahan kind of player, gets it in there. Yeah. He's a leader, and he knows how to lead men. And this guy, I think, exactly to your well, point. He, he, he captained that Islander team, right? He was when Laviolette was there. Did, did I, he might have. I know he – I think he captained also the Sabres. I mean, I might be wrong mm. on that. 
but I have to look. But I forgot. He I forgot a big role. he was a saber. I yeah. forgot he was with the Sabers. That's another. That's another Lavulette and Drury connection, which yeah. is what makes this. If you look at this entire staff, everyone's got like oh where where Lavulette touched them and where Drury touched them in their careers, yeah. and that's he captained, what he. He captained the Sabres to the final in 99, called Captain and was, Crunch. And was... Because of his hitting. Was Drury on that team in 99, or was Drury already in Colorado? No, he was not on that team, for sure. I'm telling you, like I said earlier, the Lavulette hire, if we had to grade it, C, C+, plus, in a vacuum. Yeah. When you look at the staff that they put together, A+. Plus. The, yeah. the reason I have so much confidence is because this staff tells me without any doubt that it wasn't Drury telling Lavulette, these are the guys you have to hire. And it wasn't Lavulette telling Drury, these are the guys I'm going right. to hire. Yeah. It was the two of them working together mm-hmm. to build a staff. And that's an, just like just like North America is a theme here that Drury Laviolette working together conversation is also a theme because you see it in the players they drafted you see it in like Dan Muse is, is written all over this draft Dan Muse oh, absolutely is, absolutely is the Dan Muse is the reason why the Rangers did not fuck the draft like we always fuck the draft yeah. and reach in the 20s it's the reason why we took Gabriel. He is the one hundred percent the reason we took Gabriel. Absolutely, I'm convinced. And, and you know, probably, and, I, and probably that the, the the kid we took in the third too, who we played with. Yes, he on the same team. Yeah, and they played together in the W. So, like the other thing, you gave the labs hire a C, C plus, C C plus. Yeah, I, I'll agree with that. The holistic coaching situation. You said A plus. I don't disagree, but I'll, I'm going to say A minus. Okay. Because I want to. I I need to see. I, the draft helps. The draft brought it up from B. Not that I'm doubtful of the coaching hires, but I just haven't seen anything. Yeah, you know, it's it's hard to give a grade until you see guys on the ice. Um, I'll say A minus. We're not far off. But see, I, 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 like I, I do want to. I do want to see something. Right. So for those of you who haven't caught on, we are recording this post-draft the night of July 1st where Chris Drury has just gone free agent fucking mad all oh, yeah. morning. And I, I agree with you that like I was at a B and the draft was like, ooh, maybe I'm at an A. But now that, I, like, now that I'm looking at a complete picture, right, the staff they put in place, the, their draft philosophy – and then, which we should talk about for sure. And then the type of free agents that they ha- that they signed, I'm like, because that's a, that's where I see this Lavulette and Drury's working yeah. together. I, I, I think again, you're, I, I agree. And I'm like, so, oh, but, maybe we're gonna look back on the Lavulette era and be like, this was a fucking a gem. Lavulette was the guy in New York City. Okay. Well, before I, I want to get into the draft strategy right away, but first, one thing. 
Laviolette has a three-year contract. Do you think he makes it three years? And if so, why? Or if not, why? I'll tell you why you think. Right, I'll tell ahead. you. He's guaranteed two years. I don't care. There's a lot of people talking. He's got to do this. He's got to do that. He's guaranteed two years. Okay. If if he I, misses the playoffs in year one, and it's not because of some crazy injury you know, thing, in, injury or... bug, he's gone. No, I, I well, yes, I'll give you that. But I think I think he's I think he's there for two years. I think if we get one fi- Eastern Conference Finals appearance, he's got that third year locked in. I think he gets an extension. I think he's going to be there for five years. We have to see these draft picks come through. We have to see the mm-hmm. the fruits of the coaching staff come through. I think Drury's bought in. I think Drury just it's a three year contract. Just mm-hmm. make sure he doesn't fuck it up. That's yeah. my opinion. I think I think we're going to see Laviolette for a long time. I think we have five years of this guy if things go well. I don't think we have more than five years, frankly. I think that no. he, he will he he does lose the room, and he will lose the room. It's how quickly he's, he does his problem. He's he's gonna lose if he, <laughs> I think he if he doesn't win a Stanley Cup in the first two years, he loses the room in four. Does win a Stanley Cup in the first two years, he loses the room. If he doesn't, what I said, if he does win a Stanley Cup, it's four years. If he mm-hmm. doesn't win a Stanley Cup, it's probably two two to three. But Gerard Gallant is the type of coach who comes in and is most effective in his first two seasons. Yeah. And Same with Laviolette. Well, Same with Laviolette, though. His most effective in his first season. That's, that's what I'm going to say. Peter Laviolette is yeah. the kind of coach that comes yeah. in and motivates. He takes a team that is close, which we are, mm-hmm. and he motivates and he gets them over the hump. Uh, but, you know, that's who he's been. He's that's not, not the money. That's not what Phil Housley, Dan Hughes, and Mike Pekka, that's not the story right. that tells. That You're exactly right. You're exactly right. All right. You know? So, Brendan, okay, so make your point, and then I'm going to ask you about the draft strategy, because I know you have a lot to say about it. So, I think it's all one conversation. I think it goes right into yeah. the draft. That's not the – if Peter Lavulette would have gotten hired and brought in the Peter Lavulette team that we've seen, okay, we know what this is. This is, this is A.V., Right, right. This is post. This is the post torts era, right? Mm-hmm. If he comes in with his guys, we get to the finals. Yeah, that's not what Phil Housley, Dan Hughes, and Mike Pekka say to me. That's not the story they tell. This is this, this is, is future. This is future thinking. This is, this is future dynastic thinking. thinking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I agree. I think we see Pete Lavillette here for a while. I think you know it's. It's bold. I think Pete Lavillette wins a Stanley Cup in New York. I think this is the place I, where he wins his second cup. Sam Rosen's got to die, but I think it can happen this year. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, you look at some of the you look at some of the free agents and the way this this roster is going to take shape. You know, there's a couple of question marks, like but every team has a couple of question marks. Yeah. But you know, the long and short of it is we've got Igor fucking Shesterkin in a league where Aiden Hill could win a Stanley Cup. And then get signed for Igor. four and a half yeah. for how many years? We've got, got Igor. We've got Igor Shosturkin, and all yeah. we need is a guy or a staff to come in and push the right buttons to push this team over the edge. That's all we. Need. All we needed last year was somebody who could make a fucking adjustment. All we needed somebody last yeah. year was all we needed last year was somebody who could out coach Lindy fucking Ruff. 
That's all he needed. Lindy yeah. Ruff coached the 99 Buffalo Sabres to the final. So <laughs> don't go too hard on Lindy Ruff here, okay? Let's talk about the draft. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, right then. You, I want to hear about the draft strategy. And then I think we have a lot to say about our first round draft. And then it's going to tail off real fast yeah, into every other round. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it gets it, it we get it, it's short and sweet. So I have you know I have a lot of thoughts about Gay Pro at twenty three, and I think it's a lot of yeah. I think a lot of the things I think a lot of people are thinking right now. I'm happy that the Rangers didn't reach. We mm-hmm. you know we got lucky in that the head and shoulders best available fills a position of need for us. Yeah. I think the only other guy they could have took at 23 that I wouldn't have been angry about would have been that kid, Musty. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This kid, Gabe, scored 132 points in 63 games last year. Unreal. With, Unreal. with, that, type of, with that type of production, and then knowing that he's going to uh, – Boston College. The, the NCAA to play at Boston College, and he's going to grow up in that type of structure – where his skating will get better, he will get bigger, his jam will get a little bit harder. You know, he'll develop a little bit of that bean pot sandpaper. This kid jumps all the way to the top of our prospect pool above. Absolutely, our absolutely. You know, so I'm excited I, about Osman. I'm more excited about Gabe. He's this guy, when, when they drafted him, when they when that draft was announced, I was I was. You I don't know how pumped I was. Yeah, I was, jumped off the couch. I forgot for a this guy was available. Yeah, I forgot he was available. I was like, "Holy yeah. shit!" So then yeah. I, I have a quote here. Um, I forget. I didn't. I should have wrote down the source, but he was rated twenty first overall. So we got him. At, he slipped two spots. Sure. Listen to this quote, Brendan. Austin Matthews, Jack Hughes, Clayton Keller, Matthew Kachuk, Jack Eichel. Just a few of the names that Perot passed this year as he broke the single-season point record as part of the U.S. and TDP under-18 team. Yeah. Now the single-season single leader, after a tremendous performance at the IIHF under-18s, Perot finds himself moving up the draft boards of many NHL teams. This guy had here's – here's a stat line. 36 goals – 64 assists in 55 games in the U.S. program. This is insane. This guy, his hockey IQ is They're calling crazy. the smartest kid in the draft. Calling the yeah. smartest kid in the draft. Did you see his suit? Obviously, yeah. the smartest yeah. fucking guy in the draft, right? The, mo- the, mono- the monochromatic brown. Yeah. And, right. and then you have former coaches, former trainers saying, this guy works his ass off. He's literally the opposite of Lafreniere. This guy will yeah. go and to the gym. Let's, let's, be let's on not the shit ice. on Lafreniere because I think Lafreniere does work. I think he does work. I think I'm going to shit on him because by any chance he hears anything I have to say, maybe he'll fucking <laughs> pick up his pants a little bit. I think we're about to see a very different Alexi Lafreniere. I think we're, I gonna, so. we're about to see the Alexi Lafreniere we've all been waiting for. I think Laviolette is the guy to pull it out of him. I hope so. Um, well, Dan Muse is the guy to pull it out of him. Or, da- or Bill Dan Housley Muses. is the guy to pull it out of him. Yeah. Uh, here's what I love about Gabe Perot. It's the same thing I love about the Kachuk brothers, right? It's what I just said about the Kachuk brothers. This kid, this kid's father was a very successful big yeah. leader. 
Yeah. Right. He knows he's he's going to the NCAA right now with a full understanding of what it's going to take for him to be a successful college hockey player mm-hmm. and for what he, to be a successful AHL hockey player, which I think he'll get a couple of, uh, you know, a handful of games, maybe half a season in the EA when he does get, when he does sign a contract and he knows what he's going to have to do to be, be successful in the pros. This kid is a fucking bona fide stud. This is a diamond in the rough. Some, some people had him ranked in the top 10. There are some people that that said, if this draft wasn't so absolutely fucking stacked, this kid would have gone top five, top seven. He probably would have gone top five in two years surrounding this draft. Absolutely, I mean, this draft. This draft is ridiculous. Like we have to acknowledge how insane yeah. this like, draft is. I guess I have to get better at this now that we're podcasting. But I'm not. A, <laughs> you know, I'm not. I've never been the type of person who you know follows draft picks. Like mm-hmm. everybody, everybody knew about Connor McDavid coming. Right. Everybody knew about. Drysaddle coming, Jack Hughes coming. Uh, for me to know who this kid is at 23 prior to the right. draft is special. That says something. I don't yeah. know anything. I don't know anything about prospects, right? Ever, and I knew <laughs> about this kid. Um. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm I'm really excited. And like you said, when you get past Pearl or Peralt, Perot is it Perot? Uh, Perot, yeah. When you get past him, it's kind of business as usual. It's best available down the line. Yeah, yeah. I do think that there's a theme. Like if you were to pull up, uh, like if you were to pull up, I think like Forever Blue shirts wrote an article about um, these, you know, the five draft picks and. Are you uh, asking all... me to pull up for blue shirts? No, 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 no. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have to. We don't give them a free plug. Uh, they're all like in between six two and six seven. There's a theme. Oh, yeah. Typical um, Ranger draft, right? I think Boys, just one of them, maybe Ty, maybe Ty Hendricks. Okay. No, I think one of them, maybe Rasmus Larson, the European. He's like five. Yes, yes, yes. But all of the North Americans are—they're just—they're trees. Yeah, they're they're just lumber giants. Tracks. Yeah. Well, and right. Perot is on—he's five eleven, one sixty, I think. So he could put yeah. he could put some meat on his bones, and that's what college is for. He's going to put his. He'll get an inch. He'll grow. He'll get. He'll get an inch. He'll yeah. get an inch in growth. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I like that Perot with Dan Muse. Dan Muse coached him. Mm-hmm. Third round, our pick, coached by Dan Muse. Perot and this guy are playing together. Again, USA, Team USA, this is a theme. We have American players training with Dan Muse in an American system led by LaViolette for Chris Drury, Captain of fucking America. Like, Captain America. Is, yeah. <laughs> this is the theme here, right? Literally Captain America. Uh yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I love the direction that that we're going in here. I, I don't have anything bad to say about it. There's I I hear a lot of chatter about this kid, Pearl. Mm-hmm. And the, the things that they're saying are, you know, you listen to some, you know, you listen to some uh beat writers or some other podcasts. And they're saying things like, "Oh, he's a bad skater." Again, you know, Everyone's I was a like, bad this skater is, at seventeen. This is a <laughs> this is a hill I'll die on. Skating is a yeah. learned skill. Yes, exactly. 
And it's a lot of If you skill. have the fundamentals, if you know how to move right. your legs correctly, you can learn how to be a good skater. Right. If you're banned, you know what's, there, you know what's, then that's a problem. You know what's not a learned skill? 132 points in 63 games. <laughs> yeah. That, that is not that is, something anyone can learn how to do. Those are bonkers numbers. So, yeah, yeah, you draft that kid. Just imagine what that kid looks like when he can skate. Right. In a couple – another sort of slight against this kid, which I don't understand at all. You, you see this happen to kids a lot as they talk about, yeah, he had great numbers, but look who he played with. I'm looking at who he played with. He played with uh, Will Smith, mm-hmm. the hockey player, not the actor, obviously. And then – What about um, the rapper? No, it was Will Smith and Leonard who both got drafted in the top ten ish. Top fifteen, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was a bonkers line, right? And he was producing like crazy on that line. But yeah. then he, then he, they dropped him down to sort of spread the wealth to another line with slightly lesser quality players. He was still obviously he wasn't producing as high, at high at that high of a rate, but he was still producing. But the slight is. He was only producing the way he was producing because of who he was playing with. But to me, that means nothing because who he was playing with were NHL caliber players. So put him once with NHL caliber yeah, players. Once he's in, once he's on Garden Ice, there will be eleven other NHL caliber players with, with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's the only time where he'll only play with NHL caliber players. Yeah, you know, some people do think he's a top six or bust, and I see that. I that that I get that. Yeah, I, that I mean, I get. yeah, he's not built. He's not built for bottom six at all. This guy, I mean, look at the Rangers now. Look at the Rangers in three years when he'll probably be on the team. Yeah, we don't know what this team's going to look like in three years, especially I mean, on the right. Well. Especially on the right, this guy could be a number, a top line winger in four years, right? You know, and especially he's a right wing. You know, if he develops right now on the right, we have Capocaco and the cast of the replacements. Did you see what happened this morning? Like, I like the move (laughs) that Drew made, but like, it's all year deals. It's single year deals. The right is is wide open. It's going. It's going to be wide open for a while. Let's take a quick break. And then we, I want to get into free agency. Do you have any final thoughts about Perot, or should we just Love jump him. into this break? Love them. Let's talk about free agency after the break. All right. And we're back. Welcome back to Ranger Things. I uh, hope you're enjoying it so far. Episode one. Episode one. Missing our third wheel, Dave. This is a fantastic start to the podcast. We're missing a third of the of the hosts. We probably, hopefully, just heard from him doing his own segment. We'll see if that happens. If not, hey. If not, you'll meet him, maybe. Eventually, yeah. He works nights. Uh, All right. Let's talk about free agents. Free agency. Today was fucking nuts. So I I do want to open. Miko is gone. Obviously, he went to Florida. So we, we, we still... We still have a few more guys we have to get permanently, like where we're not going to sign them. So I think we both agree that out of all of last year's crop, Mikola was the only one we were like, oh, hopefully. We knew Tarasenko was never going to happen. But Mikola right. was like, maybe we'd really love Mikola to stick around. 
Yeah, I, I, I would. I he really came into his own. Um, he, he played good minutes. He played up and down the pairings, but big minutes, big minutes. Uh, but you know what? I hope I wish him the best in Florida. They have it's a great team to be a part of. So good for him. Yeah, he'll be uh, missed. He will. Um, Tarasenko, like you said, probably not going to happen. Kane. Kane. I think if it does happen, this is going to be a cap circumvention play. Get him in late season, maybe playoffs, if it happens. So far, the Rangers have shown no interest, and he's open to talk to anybody. That's the rumor. So he's probably not coming back. I think there's some bad blood there. Um, I think, you know, the cat's out of the bag that it was Gallant who kind of was pushing for him and mm-hmm. Jory didn't necessarily want him. And Rumor has that that's part of the reason Rammer was fired. I don't know. There's just a lot that happened there. I don't think we go down that road. I think he ends up in Buffalo. You think so? Yeah. It makes, it makes sense. But, but you know, if, he does, if we do bring him in, that's another Team USA piece right there. Connection, yeah. I'm just saying, if that's the theme... It's there. But we signed, let me count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys today. Nine on a players. day where I woke up, you know, uh, <laughs> I live on the West Coast. I live on the West Coast, everybody. So I'm three hours behind all of you listening to this on the East Coast. On a day where I woke up, which was, you know, I slept in a little bit. So I woke up roughly at around 11 o'clock. East Coast time. Thinking to myself, I've got about an hour before the free, you know, free agency starts. Nothing's gonna happen. I ate breakfast. I went to the store. I came home. I played with the dogs for a little while, and then to be honest with you, I took a little nap. Nice. And I woke up, and my phone was just bam, 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 bam. On a day where I was convinced Drury was going to do nothing, he did everything. All right, I'm just gonna go down the list, and then we'll talk about them individually. But I do want to just go down the list: Jonathan Quick, Blake Wheeler, Tyler Pitlick, Riley Nash, Alex Belzeal, Nick Bonino, Connor Mackey, Nicholas Broliard, and Eric Gustafson. Brendan, this is a meaty. Yeah. Signing day. Yeah, that's a yeah. A lot of beefcakes in the bunch here. <laughs> we got a lot of beefcakes. A lot of big body boys in the bunch. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's start with Jonathan Quick. Jonathan Quick, I like the signing, but I think it's the one that I understand the least. Okay. Um I don't see like I don't see why we don't just bring Domingo up, save a little bit of money, and then maybe we can re-sign Mott. Well, uh, okay. I mean, do, do, you know, Domingue's already on the payroll. Yeah, that's true. You know, I, 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 I do understand the quick signing. He's he, a Connecticut boy, grew up idolizing Richter. You know, he's all on the older side, end of his career, super cheap contract, eight twenty five with a hundred thousand in bonuses. The bonus structure is interesting. I think he's very serviceable as a backup. Yeah, comparable to Halak. I think he's yeah, he's comparable to Halak as he's a backup got and a cup pedigree. 
Yeah, three cups. There's a voice in the room with three cups, and that's important. Yeah, and you know what? I, I think he's incentivized to play more, right? Here's here's the here's the bonus structure, right? If he plays in 40 games, I mean that's not gonna happen. He makes an extra 25k. If he has a 915 save percentage, doable, 25k, 20 wins. 25k if the rangers win the cup he gets another 25k so i think i think one of those are very attainable the 915 save percentage is very attainable yeah i don't think he'll get 20 he might get no i don't think he'll get 20 wins i don't think he gets 20 starts to be honest yeah igor's a igor's a horse he's a workhorse he's still and labulet's track record he's gonna work shister he he rides a starter yeah he rode he rode Pekka. He 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 rides his he rides his starters. Yeah, but I get the signing because it's here's a proven winner. Here's a, a formerly elite goalie with a young elite goalie showing on the ropes, and this is in line with the free agency signings. Yeah, there is leadership in the room now with Quick. On the golden right. side, and you, you know so, what? You sold me. You sold me. I'm convinced. And you know I what? Never you, get a, you get a layer with quick. This guy can have, you know, a final year renaissance. Like he can yeah. go out top, not Sponsor, even at the top yeah. of his game, but he can go out with a bang. He's yeah. not getting signed after this season unless he has, no. unless he's lights out. No, I don't see him. Getting Thirty-seven signed. years not- old. Yeah, this is, you know, this is the curtains for him. But, you know, you said, like, you said all the things, all the right things. He's serviceable. He still has value. The truth is, a backup goalie is the least of my concerns. If, right. If it, you know, people talk about having a backup goalie and having a good backup goalie, and they talk about, you know, that, you know, that, that, that Talbot year where Lundqvist got hurt and Talbot stepped in. But that's such... The that's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, 9.9 times out of 10, if you even have to know what your backup goalie's name is, you're fucked. Something bad yeah. happened, you know. Um, I don't – I think it's fine. I, I just yeah, think it's fine. I'm happy with it. I, You know, and like you said, we could have brought Domingue up, but for 825, one year – that leadership, yeah. it's worth it for me. And you know what? No, it's on a ride. Let's see what happens. And we'll talk about the cap hit at the end of all this. I think it's this is a masterclass in Drury right here. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, overall, when you look at when you look at everyone you brought in, overall, this is a this is a. I mean this this guy is just talk about bargain basement, like making the most out of absolutely nothing, like yeah, he squeezing blood from a stone. <laughs> uh. Right. So, moving past quick, who do you think your favorite signing is here? My, my, I'm torn. I have two favorite signings. Mine is there's a I, close I, well, number I, two, but I have a clear number one. There's a close. I, I have two. a, I, I have a clear number one. I think we agree on that. My number two is it's like a two A two B. But let's let's okay. start with the number one. Let's just start with the best. Let's on on three. Let's say it together. One. Two, three. Blake Wheeler. Nick Panino. What? 
Nikki B. Nikki B, dude. I, I like guy. the Blake Wheeler signing, but Nikki B. He's yeah, got rings. I mean, and he's a face-off machine. He is a possession machine. 50% career face-off winning percentage. That's nuts. That and the guy knows how to win. He's been on a ton of winning teams. So he's had five straight seasons at 50% face-off winnings before last year, where he was at 48.2. This guy is a monster on the on the a dot. monster on the dot. And now he's got Mike Pecker. You know, it's, it's I tough. love the Nick Beninos. And he and more importantly, he plays a hard game. He plays yes. He's not the fastest. Like that's the thing with these guys. There, a lot of them aren't that fast. But they've all like none of these guys would still be in the league if they haven't adapted to the fact that they've gotten older. He doesn't play with that speed anymore. But he's got the jam. He's got the sandpaper. He, you know, he could he takes a hit to make a play. He plays with a higher hockey IQ than he used to. That Nick, I love Blake Wheeler, but I think Nick Benino was the. This is the. This is the cream of today's crop for me. Yeah. And then I, I, Blake Wheeler is like 2A. I should say that we're going to talk about a lot of these signings, but we're going to talk about all of them. Every single one of them is one one or two-year signings, which is great. In a league where eight years are handed out for no fucking reason. Yeah, with no move clauses. With no move clauses. There is a no, there's, there is a no trade clause that we have to talk about, and we're going to get to that right now. But Benito, I love it. You're a hundred percent right. I, I Benito is my favorite. It's a, we got a fourth line center baked in. This guy is going to drive possession all season. Absolutely. My number, my favorite Wheeler, eight hundred thousand. He's got a bunch of bonuses baked in. He's got a no trade clause for the whole year, so we, we're going to see Wheeler all year. No problem. It's still a year. I love this guy. He bought out from Winnipeg. No problem. They got a, they're retooling. They got a lot of things to figure out. Wheeler is he's got he's good. Like I can't think of a bad thing to points. say about him. I, I'll say one thing. I'll, so I'll start with the good. He put up fifty points last year. Yes. At thirty six. Was it is he thirty six? He'll be thirty six now. Yeah, he's thirty six. Right. So at thirty six, he put up fifty points. On a Winnipeg team that doesn't really do a lot of scoring. The one bad – he plays a, a, a heavy game. The one bad thing I'll say about him is there are some rumors about his locker room presence where I guess he could be a little bit of a cancer in the room. Now maybe – maybe that's just Winnipeg. Winnipeg had a bad locker room, and we know that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Maybe he's – maybe that's a different – scenario here. I think it will be a different scenario because I think he's going to come into this locker room where there's the a lot of veterans. Established. There's a lot of veterans who have been here, like, you know, Kreider and Goody, if Goody is still here, and Truba, and he's going to want he's going to want to fit in with these guys. Yeah. He's got the relationship with Truba. Mm-hmm. I think he leans on he leans on that relationship. Truba shows him the ropes of the room. Introduces yeah. him, acts as his ambassador to the room, yeah. and Wheeler falls in line. What I like about Wheeler is Wheeler is not the same type of. We've got good leaders. The Rangers have good leaders, but they're the strong, silent type. 
You know, yeah. Mika, Truba, Kreider, Goodrow, these are lunch pail guys. You sh- show up, get, you know, get dressed, go to work type of guys. These these guys don't blow up in the room. Like that right. the helmet toss thing is so out of character for Jacob Drew. Right, exactly. Which is why it was so effective. Right. They don't have that's why, and I, I never ever thought I would say this in my life. <laughs> that is why this team got worse when they lost Ryan Reeves. You're right. You're a hundred percent right. There's no because Ryan Reeves was fire in that locker room. Wheeler's gonna bring some of that. Benino's going to bring some of that. You know who's going to bring a ton of that is Tyler Pitlick. Let me hear it. Tyler Pitlick. Give it to Ty- me. Tyler, one year, Tyler, one year, seven, one year, seven, seven five hundred. Beautiful, beautiful. Fills a need. We need right wingers. He plays right wing, mm-hmm. and this guy is just a cheaper Ryan Reeves. Which who he got like one and a half or some shit from Toronto? Yeah, one one point three over three years. Ridiculous. Well, I, see, that's the thing. I don't think it is. Ryan Reeves, you know, it's only $1.3 million, dude. You know, Ryan Reeves is a he is a locker room guy. He is a guy that you bring in who just injects life into the locker room. And I, that's what Tyler Pitlick does. Well, I all right. About Reeves, quickly, because I want to talk about Pitlick. Reeves, that you're 100% right, is – on a team like Toronto, where you're so cap strained, is that worth 1.3 for three years? Yeah, that's a, that's expensive. I think it is. I think, I think having a guy like Ryan Reeves who will get loud and get passionate and have the type of attitude that even when things aren't going the best, loosen guys like Matthews and Marner up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put a smile back on their face. Remind them that this is a game that they love to play, that they're really fucking good at. Yeah, you know, you're right. Uh, that's he played a big role in our in our cup run. That's so true. He played a big big role in that in, in that Eastern Conference final. Losing when when we traded him, people were like, "Oh, no big deal." And then that's the room huge. went silent. That was huge. Yeah. It went silent. You know that whole Shesty release us before every game in the postseason. He got guys up. He got guys up. Ryan Strom got guys up. Yeah. And we lost both of You're them. You're right. We, we need that back. All right. So tell me and about Pitlick. I love it. I, I don't know a ton about Ryan Pitlick. Here's what I do know. I do know he'll probably be up and down. I don't know if, you know, it, it depends. We, we signed a lot of Ryan Pitlicks. <laughs> we signed mm-hmm. a lot of that type of guy. And I think Drury's just see which ones work and which ones are just going to you know, rot me a, but I think Ryan Pitlick knows that the competition for a starting spot at the bottom six is it's up know, for grabs. It's up for grabs, and he can make a name for himself on this team, a team that drastically needs a guy like to bring <laughs> to bring that fire to add that jam. You know, every you know everyone keeps their head on a swivel when Jacob Troop is on the ice. Yeah, but you know Jacob Truba, he has these big like crowd goes wild hits that happen. Every, like that's every shift for Tyler right. Pitlick. Yeah. Tyler Pit Tyler Pitlick is grinding somebody into chop meat along the boards 
every, every shift. Yeah, that's right. his game. That's his, that's his game. Uh, and we need that. We need guys who are going to make us really, really tough to play against. Yeah. He does that. And this is this is a Laviolette signing. Pitlick is oh. signature Laviolette because he's hard signature. on the forecheck. He's hard on the forecheck. He grinds it out, squirts a puck out, and now you have yeah. take know, a hit to make a play. Take a hit, a take a hit to make a play. VC comes out, picks up a puck, and now you have a great opportunity. I, I do I do want to address two guys that would just get crossed off the board now. Get them off my list. Uh, Mackie and Broyard. They both have yeah. two-way, two one-year. They're going to Hartford. We're not going to see these guys. But good signings. Uh, we can talk about Hartford. They're going to be stacked next year. We're going to have a real deep playoff run. It's about time Hartford is earning respect. But they're the, yeah, I'm they're, really they're never gonna forward. they're never gonna wear the blue. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to see what Brandon Brandon Hoffman does in Hartford. I think Brandon Hoffman yeah. steps into heart. He has been waiting for this moment. He yeah. was supposed to be there last year and he got screwed. And he has mm-hmm. just been waiting for this moment to get to the A. He's gonna fight for a position in in the big club. Uh, I don't know if we if it's wise to rush him, especially after a day like today. Let him go to the A. Let him keep building his confidence in the A. Yeah. Play him with guys like Belzeal and Mackley and these these veterans. I'm I don't know. Does is Benino have a two way contract or is it a one way contract? Benino has not listed, so I'm assuming it's just a standard. Yeah. Do you will? Yeah. Yeah. The one guy that confuses me a little bit is Riley Nash. Also, I wasn't—I don't know about you, but I wasn't able to find any salary details. I couldn't find the salary details, uh, but it's a two-year deal. It's a one-way the first year, two-way the second year. Another another face-off animal. Fifty-eight point—I'm sorry, forty-eight point five percent percentage winning percentage Mm -hmm. over his career. Dude's a face-off animal. My question is: Did we did did Drury just sign Goodrow's replacement? Is that what he just did? Um, I think Goodrow's replacement is in Benino, and I think Nash is Benino's backup plan. Yeah, you know, I think they want. I think they want to deal Goodrow. If, if they, they can't, ha- I think. I think if they can't, they have six point well, six one seven five left. I think if they yep. can't get now, obviously they have a little bit more than that because that you know Mackley's never going to see, yeah, yeah, never going to see the roster. Um, Belzeal's probably never going to see the roster, so they've got. Well, Belzeal is a two-time ECHL champion, so yeah, maybe he, <laughs> he probably won't crack the roster. Yeah, but, I think yeah, the I... most interesting of all of the signings is probably Gustafson. Gustafson is a really great offensive defenseman. He has experience in Washington with Laviolette. He's a he is a Laviolette boy. He is yeah. everything Laviolette wants in a, in a in a bottom pairing defenseman. And and he is going to push Zach Jones. He's either mm-hmm. going to push Zach Jones out of a spot, or he's going to push Zach Jones into a spot. Yeah, this is why Gustafson's here to put fire on his own Jones's ass because he kind of needs that fire, right? Like uh, similar to yeah. laugh, like hey, you get complacent, you're not getting played, you're not getting the minutes you want. 
you're good. Fucking prove it. We have your backup right here. Again, Gustafson, one year, 825. Awesome fucking contract. I think he immediately becomes the seventh defenseman. I think he pushes Harper out of that seventh defenseman slot. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but I I love Gustafson. I've loved him for a long time. I just love these guys. Go ahead. You, You go ahead. I was gonna say, if I'm gonna go down the list of these guys real quick, these are guys on my NHL um, GM extended whatever fucking mode team. I had Benino, I had Wheeler, I had Gustafson. Well, in 2012. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in 2012. These guys were <laughs> this is sick. Like 2012 I, fantasy team. I made it to. I was in the final. These guys were sick. They did a really great job for me. Um, I just yeah, hope I that mean, Gustafson isn't like we signed him because we don't really know if we're going to be able to sign Miller. I, I That's mean, what he, I'm hoping Gustafson is not. Well, let, I want to talk about Miller at, when we once we get through the list, but I think that I think Gustafson and Jones is the choice, and I think both of those guys are the 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 plan B for Miller. Yeah, I think Miller signs. I do. I think Miller signs. I, I, I think, think Miller, Miller signs, signs somewhere around four million. I well, think he signs a bridge deal. We might not have four million to give him. We will. Um, we will. But so if we, we go through this. Uh, Belzier. We talk about him two years, two way, and then a one way. Uh, Nash. We spoke about Gustafson. We spoke about. Okay. Did we miss anybody? Wheeler, Pitlick, uh, Benino, Mackey, Broyard, Belzeal, Quick, Nash, Gustafson. We've spoken about everybody. So many people. That's a he lot of so... signings. And we're we still have we had we started the day with eleven point seven. We I ended 6. the day 5. with six point one seven five. That's with and we signed nine people. Amazing. Yeah. So, so go ahead. let's let's for a second be under the assumption that Drury sought he he bridges laugh, he bridges Miller. Yeah. Opening he's only night, got six point he's only got six and a half six and change. He's he's gonna get it done. He's gonna get it done. Because remember, Connor Mackley's money is in They're coming off. Yeah. Um Probably uh, Belzeal's money is in the A. Um, let's assume that he he signs Laugh, he signs Miller. Opening night, why do you see this roster? Because I'm confused at this point. Like if I had to well, guess now, before we get to that, I want to I want to posit a conspiracy theory. Okay, <laughs> I think we signed the bulk of these guys to scare Laugh. And Miller into lower long term bridge contracts. Yeah. Because the cups, the, uh, the, oh my God, the cap is going up next year, probably like four million, some shit like four, that. Hopefully four to six mil. Yeah. But if we can sign those guys to longer bridge contracts this year, maybe get them three each, three and a half each. Well, right. Lafreniere is only getting two. 2.3, 2.1. is not even so. not even going to get what Kako got. I don't think. Lafreniere is somewhere in between two and two five. 
two years. Two I two. don't. I don't. I I think that we're gonna have to give him at least three because we that we know the history because of he's a, people because leaving he's a, the Rangers and being phenomenal. Also, because whether anybody wants to admit it or not, he's like our second best five v five point producer on the team. He's like our, he's got his he's, very, our, he's our best five v five point producer. And everybody hates him. This guy's a bust. Single best 5v5 point producer. This guy's a bust. There's no power so, play time at all. Gets 45 seconds of power play time a season. So, but he's going he's gonna to get three. He's going to get it. I think him and Miller, I think we want to bridge them for three-ish each. And these signings, as good as they are, we like them. They're there to put, to one, eat into the cap incrementally so like hey we only have this much do you want to be a ranger you want to stay around right if that's if that's the plan and it works jewelry's a genius but we already know jewelry's a genius so already operating (laughs) under the assumption that jewelry is a genius he's had one he's had okay i will aside from the buchnevich issue because that is an issue can you name a bad move? Yes. But yeah, I think please. I think Booch and then hiring Galan. I think hiring Galan was a mistake. I think at that time his first hire should have been Chris Nalbach. But that's a whole other podcast. That is a whole well, other I, 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 Yeah. I, I think the, I think the Galant hire was we know this guy is gonna get something out of him the first year. Backfired. Um, got, got too much out I, of him, didn't get fired, and we couldn't hire Bruce Cassidy. Yeah. I think, but I think that, like, the issue with Gallant, the Gallant hiring was hey, let's get these guys some confidence to play on their own, see what they do. I don't think, I think Gallant was set up to fail, frankly. Like, he was never going to be a cup champion coach here for more than a couple of years anyway. Um, it was really yeah. just like boost, like artificially boost the confidence because Quinn fucked it up so bad. Yeah. Admittedly, I just I have never liked Gerard Gallant. He's, I've never been a Gallant guy, so I just wasn't. Yeah, I mean, him. I mean, neither am I. But he did a great job with Florida when he was there. He did a great job with Vegas when he's there. But then he loses the room, just like he did this year. Like yeah. he doesn't have a plan. He's just a slap on the back, like saying, hey, "Great job, kid. Keep it up." And you know that's. No one, everyone stops giving a shit. Um, yeah. But regardless, I think that, I think, I think a lot from Miller, we get sweetheart deals from them because of these signings. Because you know what? If Miller doesn't sign, all right, we have Jones and Gustafson. We don't need you, kid. Hey, you don't yeah. laugh. You don't want to sign? Well, great. We'll just move the next guy up, but we have six fucking have, right wingers. Yeah, we, to yeah we have, well, no, I mean, laugh is a left winger. So it's you. You don't want to, right? You don't want to play. We'll just, bump, we'll just bring Offman up. Yeah, we'll just bring Offman up in twenty games. Right, and, and where or where are they going to go? Who's going to sign them for what they think yeah. they want? Right, or we'll just sign Yamamoto for eight hundred thousand dollars. Right, yeah, he's available. We should we should do it. We should do it anyway. Fuck it, we have the space, yeah. right? Yeah, um, that poor kid. Like, that that's my conspiracy theory about. I like it. Jewelry's master plan. You like it? All right. That's what yeah, I'm going like with. So what you are, how do you see this? How do you see this uh, lineup shaking up? I think it's not very different. I don't I don't think we can get rid of Goodrow. 
I think you see healthy scratches between him and Benino. Wheeler's in and out of the lineup. Wheeler probably yeah. opening night. Wheeler's in the lineup. Like we, we, we kind of have to do it. Um, but again, not very different. I think seven defense, the six defensemen. You have Schneider. You probably maybe you play Gustafson with him if you have to. I other than that, the kid line they'll probably break up the kid line just to set a precedent. Like, hey, yeah, maybe. And you know we've spoken about this in the past, bumping all the kids up a line, mixing it up a bit, get Hedl on centering line two, put Laugh on the first line, you know, mixing that up. Kako, yeah. I think, I think line. we see, I think we see Zabanaj and Kako on the first line. I think we need Zabanaj and Kako on the first line. Yeah. Frankly, like I think, I think. I think Laviolette has to at least try something along the lines of this. Zabanajad centering Lafreniere and Kako on that top line. Yeah. See if it'll work. Panarin, we know he can't we, we know he's got issues playing with Zabanajad. Playing with Trocheck's not really working either. Well, what I do think, you do with Trocheck though? I think you bump Heedle up and you run like Panarin. Heel question mark. You know, that's a question mark from your VC. Goodrow. You know? Uh, then that third line is interesting. Because that third line then becomes Kreider, Trocek, maybe Wheeler. And then that bottom, that fourth line is Benino centering Pitlick and Goodrow. If Goodrow's still around. If Goodrow's not around, then whatever. Then VC's down there. Yeah. Somebody else is up. Maybe Hoffman makes the team at some point. I don't. Yeah, know. I mean, we're talking about opening I think, night. I think that makes sense. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Opening yeah. night. I think there's balance here now. I think there's options. There's balance. There's a lot of um, options. Yeah, I do think that Laviolette is going to be more tactful in the way he rolls his lines, in the way he in the way he utilizes the talent. I think that Dan Muse and Mike Pekka are I I think Dan Muse forget Mike Pekka. I think Dan Muse and Phil Housley can turn Lafreniere into a right winger if we need him to yeah, be a right winger. I think so. I agree. They could turn him into a two way player like that who could play both wings. I don't see why they I don't know, it just doesn't make sense to me why Kreider can't play right wing. I, I don't get it. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. Why? So, all right. What about the defense? I think we're. I think we're pretty much locked in. It's going to be the yeah. same pairings. Run as last it back. Year. Yeah, run it back. Defense is a run it back situation. You don't break up. You don't break up Fox and Lindgren. Um, right. But then again, maybe you do. Well, maybe Lavilla so- looks at this and says, "Maybe Lavilla looks at this and says, you know what? There are scenarios where I want to see.'" Where I want to see Fox and Miller. You know, you have if you put Fox and Miller top pairing, you have a seventeen million dollar top pairing. Okay, Lingren's making three million. Truman's making eight eight million dollars a year. Everyone else is under a million. I mean, Keandre is probably going to crack the ceiling there. I think, yeah. 
I think you see I don't think you see Truba on the top pair ever. I think him and Fox's no. game are too similar and Fox is better at it. You know? Are you talking about Fox and Miller or Fox and Truba? I you don't see Fox and Truba. Fox and Truba's games are they're very similar. Fox is better. Truba hits more, but Fox can actually skate a puck out of the zone. So like that's where that's their differences. Miller, he's gonna stay second pair. He's not quite there yet. But he's great. I love Miller. Yeah, but, but you he's know, Miller's not got that really there. Miller's got that stride where he can cover he can cover big distances in short periods of time. With the way Fox moves the puck, I I just I think Laviolette is just he's not as set in his ways as Gallant was, mm-hmm. and he'll be interested in trying new things. Um, I think that all last year there was a there was Drury was barking from on high, play Lafreniere on the white right wing, try this kid on the right wing, right wing, and Gallant would do it for a shift to three shifts, and if it wasn't perfect, he'd say, "Well, I tried." You know, and then he go back to whatever Gerard wants to do. I think Laviolette has a very different relationship with Drury. I think Laviolette is going to try to make it work. I think Laviolette's going to make it work. With the defense, I think you have Lindgren is kind of like the wild card here. Like he needs, he's there to cover someone's ass, right? Mm -hmm. So Fox. Runs deep, he pinches. Lingren's there to cover his ass. I think you get Lingren on the second pairing with like a Miller and put take Miller off the leash. That mm-hmm. that's a good look. That's a really good look in my eyes. But true, maybe maybe Truba plays with Fox. Maybe Truba plays that Lingren role with Fox. A big body on the yeah. first line. Now you have, you know, that matchup where your top winger is going to get lit up by Truba. Like, yeah, it's not it's not your middle six. <laughs> it's your top line. It's gonna be yeah. your superstars getting lit up by Truba every night, and then Adam yeah. Fox is there to pick up the puck and make a play. I think if handled correctly, both on offense and defense, the Rangers have potential to be matchup nightmares for other teams. Absolutely. If, if Laviolette utilizes them the way they should be utilized, we, we have all the pieces. We have every piece. To screw with a game plan, and Laviolette's yeah. smart enough to be able to do it. Yeah, I see a lot of panic coming from Ranger fan community, and I don't get it. Like we're still a very, very good team, mm-hmm. and yes, we're in a good division, but we were a good team in a good division for the last two years. And here's the thing: the division is kind of kind of held pat. I mean, the, our division has not done it. We're the most active team, right? If not the lead, the division by miles. Yeah. And, then, and then I would say the Devils probably, right? You know, the Devils made some moves, but I think the Devils lost some people that that had some value, and they gained some people that had some value. I think mm-hmm. the Devils were the Devils shocked everybody with how good they were last season, and they made moves in this off season to keep that level, right? To not fall off. But I don't think they got better. Right. I think they stood pat. I I say the same with Carolina. Carolina, Carolina, same thing. Carolina, you know, and I read tweets about how now Carolina's looking at Eric Carlson. I'm never going to be scared of the Carolina Hurricanes. I don't care how many regular season games they win. 
The Carolina Hurricanes play empty calorie hockey. They just take a bunch of shots from low danger areas. I, I'm never going to be afraid of them. I, I like Rod Brindamore. I think Rod Brindamore is a great coach. I don't think Rod Brindamore has the has the, the game plan. The de- no, he has the game plan. He doesn't have the he doesn't have the roster. To no, take no, no. that's the thing. I, I disagree. I think that the Carolina roster is unreal. I think Rod Brindamore will get them to run through walls for him. Great coach. No, I, he doesn't know how to make his players better than they are. I see. I completely disagree. I think that, with the exception of one or two guys, there really is no difference between the Hurricanes roster and the Seattle Kraken roster. The Hurricanes roster looks like an expansion team roster to me. They are top to like, with the exception of one or two guys, it's a team of third liners that okay, he gets well, to run through walls for them. I, I don't. I don't want to get into the argument about the Carolina roster. We'll agree to disagree. I, we'll, 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 we'll do disagree. a whole ep- we'll, we'll do a whole episode dedicated to the division at some point. But yeah. for now, I think the point that I want to make is uh, yes, it's a very good division, but it's been a very good division, and we are still a very good team in that division. And the long and short of it is, you know, get your popcorn, get ready for it. Come early May, it's Rangers Devils round one. That's unless something catastrophic happens. I don't, I I agree 100%. But I'll disagree. I don't think we have a good division. Carolina, which we're not afraid of. I'm I'm looking at last year's last season standings. You have Carolina, which we're not and we should not be afraid of. Jersey, they're good. The Rangers, we'd like to think they're good. Then you have the Islanders, Pittsburgh. Washington, Philadelphia, Columbus. This division sucks. Outside from of the top half of it. From, from, four four, down, it from four to eight, it sucks. Like, it's bad. The Atlantic, let's talk about the Atlantic. Boston, Toronto, Tampa, Florida. Buffalo's coming up. Yeah. Ottawa made a lot of moves today. The East is the East in itself is a is the east horrendous. is tough yeah I mean, but i agree i agree with you outside outside of you know it's it's really it's us jersey um and yeah. carolina yeah and i uh, think we can I'm, we can handle it if we yeah. like jersey obviously a problem from last season well the playoffs i think we have it solved with the yeah. what I, and what i see fixes. is what i see is another you know, it's not necessarily going to play out the way Tampa and Toronto has played out, but just another Tampa-Toronto scenario where New York and New Jersey are just destined to meet in the first round of the playoffs. Oh, yeah. And, you know, until, I mean, you know, unless Carolina, unless, you know, this, I, I think Jersey's got a shot at, at, at hopscotching over, right over Carolina. I would much rather. But if we don't see him in the first round, we're just going to see him in the second. Yeah. You I mean, know? the road to the cup is – Jersey and going, Carolina. It's going to be through Jersey and Carolina. And that and that's uh, fine. Again, I'm not yeah, it's Jersey, totally fine. Jersey's tough. They played they played great trap, but Laviolette plays a great neutral zone trap too. So yeah. it's it's gonna be that's gonna be a slow series. It's it's exciting. But... It's exciting that this is going to be uh a a true you look at the two teams and they're 
they're good in some of the same areas, but then they're good. They're better than each other in different. You know, I say the Devils are faster. I think we're bigger. Um, experience, well, you know, they've definitely got their young talent edges our young talent out a little bit, but our veterans edge their veterans out a little bit. We've got the goaltending. I think we've edged them out on defense, but all things said, I think it's a really level playing field with the Rangers and the Devils. It's the best since the mid-90s. These two teams are built to beat each other. Yes, exactly. And that's what it's going to be for the next three to five years. And I'm, oh, I love it. I think it's especially love, yeah. since I'm married. I'm married to a Devils fan. So <laughs> my condolences. Yeah. But like, yeah. this is what makes that's the exciting hockey. We have. I mean, let's be honest. Since the Devils went to the Cup, however many years ago, beating the Rangers in the final, like they're the, the rivalry has been fucking boring. Yeah. Like the Could Rangers went back to this Islanders rivalry, which was stupid. Who gives a shit about the Islanders? Yeah, nobody cares. Now, now we have a Rangers Devils Island uh, rivalry again. It's meaningful. It's not just for the sake of it. It's every fucking game matters. Every point matters. It's good. That's good hockey. It's good for the league. It's good for us as fans. Yeah. I, I, and you know really we're watching. We're watching Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer become the players that we thought they were going to be. They're so and awesome. now oh and God. now if we could see like I thought I thought Nico Heischer was gonna get the Selkie last year. That's how he should. He should have. Um if we if Laviolette can get Kako and Lafreniere to become the players they can be, this is fire. This is a yeah. fire rivalry. You know, this is like the stuff document documentaries are. are made, yeah. yeah, we're gonna have a thirty yeah. for thirty on the twenty twenty four NHL season. Rangers on Devils, right? Uh, you know, let's. This has been a bit of a, a long podcast. It's our first podcast. We'll try to be a little bit more to the point moving forward. But uh, I want to talk about right before we leave. I want to talk about. Just this tremendous missed opportunity, especially after the just all of the fallout of the first round, just mm-hmm. the narrative of that first round with us blowing them out of the water in Jersey games one and two, and then them storming back and beating us. You know, Rangers Devils next year, every time we meet, is go like I you look at the people they signed today. You look at the type of system Laviolette wants to play, and I I can see the blood on the ice. Oh yeah. Rangers, you know, Rangers Devils. The missed opportunity by this stupid fucking league to not yeah. to not have the entire nation watch Rangers Devils. Yes. In that out in that stadium series, yeah. nobody cares about Devils Flyers. Nobody right. cares about Rangers Islanders. Rangers Devils is something you can reignite. It's legendary. Everyone, it's it's fucking Red Wings Avalanche. Everyone knows this rivalry. Rivalry, and yeah, I mean, I agree with you one hundred percent. The, this is, and you know, maybe 
one podcast will will have my wife on as a guest and she could talk because she is she's a lifelong Devils fan and she could talk to us all about the moves that the Devils made and why she thinks my wife is pretty convinced that they are cup contenders next year and I've tried arguing her and I'm having no she's right she's right (laughs) she's right she's right sorry Um, dude uh, so yeah, we could have her on one episode and we could talk about just the Hudson River rivalry and why this is going to just be tremendous over the next five years. You know, I just think about the part, you know, just think about the coverage with Danico and Rosen. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just exciting. It's exciting hockey. And you're right. It is. It's hot. It's, it's a hockey that everybody wants to watch, Yeah, particularly absolutely. in the, in the metropolitan area. Yeah, uh, I mean, metropolitan area aside, but like we, I don't, we don't have to talk about the ratings of the the playoffs this year or last year or whatever. Yeah, we'll talk but, about that in another episode. How they completely fell off the map the second the Rangers weren't playing the Devils, right? Anymore. But, <laughs> but the thing is, it's like, but which is exactly the point. Get the Gary Batman, if you're listening, get the Rangers and Devils in the Eastern Conference Final again, please. I remember right. the last we, the last Rangers Devils Eastern Conference final. We had parties at your apartment to watch it. Yeah, this is a viewing event, not just for New York area. This is a hockey fan event. Like everyone right. knows, this is bad blood. This is gonna be a grind them out series. Right. This past playoff was actually the most boring Rangers Devils series I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, even with all that drama, it was still boring. Even though it, it was boring, seven, it was still yeah. boring. Um, I mean, I don't know. It was, it was, it must have been great from a Devils fan perspective. Uh, I bet. Yeah. yeah, they were really excited. But you know, it's just, I don't know. We'll see because they kind of that was their cup a little bit. Devils fans, so yeah, they won. We'll they, we'll they, next year's yeah. next year is going to be interesting. Rangers Devils next year is going to be interesting, and I genuinely I don't care about anything else. I don't care, you know, just I want to play hard-nosed hockey for 82 games. I want to go whatever, what, four or five and oh against the New Jersey Devils, and right. then I want the playoffs to start. That's all I care about. Just for the first time in a decade, I hate the Devils. Yes. Because you know what, you you fall into a lull. Like, oh, the Devils are they're pretty good. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, no, yeah. I, they're I, a young team. They're a young team. They got cool young talent. My wife's a fan. We're, no, yeah, we're not no. contending. They're not contending. I'll watch the Devils for the first time since 2012. I fucking hate the Devils. I, I hate them. Yeah. Hate them. But listen, <laughs> uh, this has been so much fun. Uh, if you're listening, thank you for listening. Uh, we're gonna try to do this. I think every week, and I don't think we're gonna stop. Yeah. I think we're gonna go right through the off season. Uh, there'll be a lot to talk about through this off season. There'll be nothing to talk about and a lot and a lot to talk about at the same time. I think we'll try to find some fun things to talk about. I'm sure like every Ranger fans will probably spend an episode talking about our favorite Ranger moments. Maybe we'll do some fuck Mary kills. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so if you're listening now, keep listening. We'll, See you next week. Sounds great. Thank you, Brendan. Thank you, Dave, if he sent us over his audio. (laughs) And uh, for me, thank you for everybody. Thank you for listening. And uh, this has been Ranger Things. Uh, Episode one. Episode one. Take care.